Good morning, everyone. While Andrew's getting these set up for me, um, today's sermon might feel or look a little bit different than normal. Um, I'm going to begin by saying that there's not going to be PowerPoint. One, because I simply ran out of time this week. But two, because today's sermon is going to be a lot more practical, talking a bit about why we pray for one another, um, fears we may have with receiving prayer or praying for other people, and we're going to get an opportunity to hear from Kelly in a little bit and hear a bit of her story and her experience with prayer. So while we begin, let's pray. Lord God, I thank you for this day. I thank you that you love us, that you're near to us, and that we can always come to you. And I pray that right now these words that you have for us would just speak truth to our hearts, would inspire us, would encourage us to break into your kingdom, to be part of your kingdom, and bring prayer to others. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, about 10 years ago, Andrew and I, we lived in Ames, and while living in Ames, I was also a youth director in Norwalk at our, my church that I grew up at, and I was commuting on the weekends to Norwalk typically staying at my parents' house for the weekend so I could be available for church. And so on this particular day, it was a Friday, and I was loading everything up in the vehicle because I had a long weekend with youth events at church and even loading up our dog so that I could head south to go to my parents for the weekend. And it was rush hour time as I was getting onto the interstate. And let me just say that I'm a very careful driver. I'm very cautious. But this particular day was jam-packed, rush hour time. I don't know if there was a game going on in Ames, but it was a Friday evening around 4 or 5 o'clock, and it was really rough getting on to the interstate. And as I was driving, it was like bumper-to-bumper traffic and even hard just to merge. And at one point, I wanted to get into the left lane. And I thought that I had fully looked for the clear to do that. And as I was going to, to the left, another car was coming forward very quickly. Now, we did not collide, thankfully, but that car veered off into the grassy area of the median, and I felt so bad that I veered off so that I could check on them. So we met up in the middle of this grassy median on the very busy interstate during rush hour when semis are zooming past us, car after car, very fast, are going by us. And I just said, sorry, it was my fault didn't see you. They were very thankful that I stopped. Everyone was fine. It was good. And they were very kind in saying, we'll wait and make sure you get back into traffic before we leave. So I got back in my car, you know, was ready, watching, turning signal on, ready to merge back into traffic. And when I saw an opening, I hit the gas. But I wasn't going anywhere. And I kept hitting the gas and the gas some more, and all of a sudden, my wheels were just spinning, and I was flinging mud everywhere because it was apparently a really wet weekend, and I was just digging myself a hole. I was stuck on the side of the road, busy, busy traffic, and I was not going to be able to get out of that mess. These people eventually came over and were trying to push me, rock me back and forth. I was going forward and reverse and steering every which way to try and get out, but I was just stuck. And in that moment, I needed some serious roadside assistance. (laughs) I tried calling Andrew, 
He was already in Des Moines leading worship at a youth event, couldn't leave. I didn't have Google that I could just pull up on my phone to find a tow truck. And I was just feeling helpless. Like, I did not know what to do in that moment. And these people were so kind. They, they must have known the area well. I, we must not have lived there very long. But I didn't know what to do. And they connected me with a tow truck in that moment to help get me back on the road that I needed to go to get to Norwalk. But life is kind of like that, isn't it? We're going through our life. We're working. We're with our family, doing our activities. And then something happens. And we feel like we're helpless. We're stuck. It might be a fight with a spouse, fighting with your kids. Um, something happens at work, financial troubles, sickness, kind of like the sickness that took over our whole family for two weeks over Christmas and New Year's. It just stops you in your tracks and you feel helpless and you really need someone who will come along and connect you with a source of power like God. And praying for one another is kind of like roadside assistance. It's a moment when we're in the spot, ready and available to connect those who need help to the one who can truly give it to them, and that's God. That source of power is God, and we're simply coming along, ready to be good extension cords, kind of like the cord I used for our children's sermon. We're extending that to connect them to the power of God. We're in the middle of a series on being called to pray. And so far, we've spent these first few weeks talking about why we pray. Praying with gratitude and forgiveness and mercy. And today we're talking about what it looks like to pray for people in the moment and on the spot. So first of all, why are we called to pray for each other? Well, there's many reasons. One of those is because as followers of Jesus, we're called to not only proclaim the good news, but also demonstrate it. Kind of like show and tell. There's two scriptures that really caught my attention, and one of them is, is from Matthew 10, where it says, As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, now freely give. This is Jesus talking, and he's saying, I have given these to you. I have served you in this way. Now you go and do as I have done. He also says in John 14, Believe in me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. Jesus gives authority to bring the kingdom of God into any situation. Right there, right now. Which for us comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. Another reason we're called to pray for each other is because we live in a broken world. We all experience different degrees of brokenness and sickness, and we need healing. When Jesus died on the cross, he defeated the enemy, Satan. However, we must also remind ourselves and remember that though the enemy's power has been curbed, it has not yet been rendered powerless. That day will come again when Jesus returns, which he has promised to us. So right now, we're living in this in-between times, which can seem really confusing, but we have this kingdom of God that has broken in, that has come near, that is with us, but we also have the kingdom of the enemy that is constantly battling against us. 
We might struggle with this idea of the kingdom being fully here, but not yet. But that's why we experience brokenness still in this world. That's why we still experience sickness and sin and death. And why sometimes when we pray for people, we don't always see a result. We don't always find an answer. Maybe they are not healed. It's because of this powerful force of the enemy battling against the power of God. But today we can be assured that in the moment, in the present, when we are praying for God's kingdom to come, that he is at work, that he is with us. In Matthew 18, in the Great Commission, he promises to always be with us till the very end of the age. We're not alone in this. We, the church, are God's people coming to advance God's kingdom to people right here and right now. Jesus also desires us to be whole people. And when I say whole people, I mean W-H-O-L-E. He wants us to not just be healed of our sickness, but he wants us to be saved, delivered, fed, clothed, in a healthy community. He wants us to find restoration right where we're at. It's kind of like the woman in our gospel reading in Luke 13. She was crippled for 18 years, and Jesus identified that as being bound by the enemy. Yet he healed her right there, even though it was the Sabbath. It was breaking the rules. It was going against the boundaries of that time. Jesus was willing to pray for healing for her, even comparing it to the need of a thirsty donkey. Like, you need to water your donkey for them to live and to keep going. And here, he is ready to meet her in that time and place, regardless of the day, regardless of the time. Many times when Jesus encountered people, he not only healed them to give them back their life, but to restore them to community. Think of those people who had leprosy and they had to walk around without being with any community. They were not only suffering physically, they were suffering emotionally, distancing themselves from other people. Or the, those who were bound to their mats couldn't get up and walk or care for themselves, had to rely on others to take care of them. They were suffering as well. And when God or Jesus, entered their lives and brought them healing, he not only restored them physically, he restored them to community. He restored them and brought their entire life back. Jesus wants us to be restored through him. And lastly, the reason we pray for one another is that we're the body of Christ. We are all the body of Christ. In 1 Corinthians 12, it says, now you are the body of Christ and each of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Now eagerly desire these gifts. So with prayer, what this makes me think of is that everybody gets to play. Everyone gets a chance to pray, to have a turn. This is not just for pastors or the people who know the Bible well or somehow have beautiful voices and prayers. This is for everyone. We are all part of the body of Christ and caring for each other. Now, when it comes to prayer, there's often a lot of fears around praying for other people or even receiving prayer. 
we often ask or say to ourselves, if I'm called to pray, then why do I feel so afraid? What's holding me back from doing that? First of all, time. Time is a big part of our culture. We're busy people. We're often running from thing to thing at any time, taking kids to different activities, or we're involved in many different things. And when we meet someone or run across someone we know, we quickly say, how are you? Oh, I'm good. How are you? I'm fine. We do a quick exchange, and then we move on with our day. If something does come up that seems deep, like somebody's hurting or had bad news, our typical response is, I'll keep you in my prayers. Now, first, let me say that that is not a bad thing. Never is it a bad thing to say that you will pray for someone. However, we often believe that in the moment, there's just not time for a deep discussion and a prayer session right there. It just seems inconvenient. But I want to remind you, what Mike Bradley says is to pray simply and simply pray. What if our how are you's turned into invitations for real conversations and a moment of connecting hurting people with a source of power, God? It doesn't have to be long, drawn-out prayer with bowed heads, closed eyes, hands raised, yelling up to God saying, help me in this moment. It can be a simple 30-second prayer. And in that, it can find blessing and encouragement, maybe healing, but it's a moment of connecting people with God. Another fear we may have is that our prayers may not be effective. Maybe you've prayed for someone before and didn't see anything, didn't feel anything, and you're like, well, why should I keep doing this? My encouragement is to you is that it's okay. Just keep listening to the Holy Spirit. Keep praying. It wasn't that long ago that Andrew gave a sermon about faith and said that faith is spelled R-I-S-K, risk. Risk is always involved with prayer. However, you will see more answers to prayer and more healings when you take that time to pray for it. Believe that God will speak to you and is listening to you. And pray boldly. Remember, we're praying to a great big God who did so many big things. Simply affirming the encouragement in someone, keeping them, inviting them to keep seeking God as their healer is something that we can do in the moment. Another fear we may have is just simply being uncomfortable praying out loud. This is certainly very common for people, and it's probably because so often we worry we'll say the wrong thing or we don't have the right words. I want to tell you that I believe this is the work of the enemy because the enemy does not want you to pray for people. He may plant that fear in you so that you don't pray for people. So I want to encourage you to press into that Press into praying and pray to God that he would take away that fear. Don't be uncomfortable if there's silence when you're praying. Don't feel like you have to use big churchy words. Just be simple, be genuine, and be yourself. Many of the people who encountered Jesus loved him because he was gentle and compassionate and simply spent time with them. And we want people to be drawn to Jesus through us, through that same way. So what if we offer to pray for someone and they say no? 
then simply pray for them in your own prayers, and that's okay. And then follow up with them and say, I've prayed for you, and this is what I felt like God was doing or God was saying. How is he continuing to help you? And lastly, a fear when being prayed for is that we often feel like it's a sign of weakness, that somehow coming to God, we're believing that we're not good enough or unworthy or that I should have things in control in my own life. I'll admit that receiving prayer can feel vulnerable. It can feel uncomfortable. But it's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of faith. It's a sign of coming to God and saying, I'm going to rely on you because I can't do this alone in my life. Praying with someone is a way to connect with God and find value in the body of Christ. It's a moment of us saying to one another, you are worth my time. I am here with you. Let's go to God together. So at this time, I want to invite Kelly Dahl forward. Kelly has a lot of experience in her journey with prayer. And so we're going to have her share a little bit of that with us. It should be on, I believe. So thanks, Kelly. First, um, would you give us your experience in praying for others? I think this, yeah, this is on. Um, So, well, like you said, um, praying for others can come with fear. And the first time I was ever asked to pray for somebody on the spot, there was a lot of fear. Uh, It's not something I grew up with. It wasn't something that I was comfortable with at all. But um, I was sitting with Jean and Dave McDermott out at Riverside one day, and they were sharing something very personal, a personal struggle of theirs, and they were being very vulnerable with me. And, And... I was going to just respond, yep, I'm going to keep that in my prayers. And Jan turned to me and she said, could you pray for that right now? And um, that was really scary for me because I felt really intimidated. I didn't think I had the right words. I didn't know that my prayer could be effective or would be effective. But what they were really looking for was the kingdom to break through and for that to be attached to that power cord. And I think they saw something in me they wanted to push me and for me to, to develop that and um, find a comfort level with that. So I stammered and said a few words, and, and they helped me say, in Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> um, so that was my first experience, and I think since then I've gained a lot of comfort with that, blessed others with that, and been very blessed by others praying for me mm-hmm. um, on the spot as well. Yeah. So how has that gift grown, especially with prayer in your home? Um, Chris actually started when our kids were very little, and um, as you know, toddlers fall a lot. They're hurting themselves constantly. But when that would happen in our house, our kids would be crying, and Chris would, would pray over them. You know, um, I grew up in, you kiss the owie or something, um, but Chris would say a prayer, and what that ended up doing is um, creating uh, an atmosphere of on-the-spot prayer in our home. Pretty soon, I was praying over every little herder. Um, it became kind of second nature to the point where um, Joshua went to pre-K and had a, hurt himself out at recess and his teacher told me this story that she asked what she could do for him or what mommy does at home. And he said, my mommy prays. Will you pray for me? <laughs> and so she had an opportunity um, to pray for Joshua right there in the, in the schoolyard. Oh, that's so sweet. So how has outside of the home prayer been for you, praying for people on the spot? 
um, that's definitely taken um, some, because it's kind of challenging to gain a comfort in that. Mm -hmm. Um, About five years ago, I actually went through a prayer training with you Mm -hmm. down in Altoona, and um, one of the main, I guess, takeaways from that time was to be comfortable with a little bit of silence to listen to the Holy Spirit, um, and then and then to speak from that um, based on what what you hear, and um, and then to not worry about always having the right words or saying the right thing, but just being a little bit vulnerable and um, and making it simple mm-hmm. um, as well, and that that has really helped. So. Um, I've been able to pray for people at marriage retreats out at Riverside, at family camp, every single prayer, or every single family that comes to family camp, every family gets prayed over um, before they leave at the end of the week, and I've been able to pray for women at um, women's retreats, and it's been an incredible blessing to see how God works, and I think um, the biggest thing I've seen in my personal experience um, comes from Philippians 4, 6, do not worry about anything but in all things by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Um, present your request to the Lord and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard, guard your hearts and minds um, in Christ. And what I've seen in, in praying for others is maybe not uh, a prayer answered in the way you might think and sometimes I have seen um, prayers answered, um, but a, a, that peace that um, people experience, it really is like it's just being plugged in and that prayer's plugged in. I've um, had people come to me after a prayer, maybe the next morning at a retreat and say, um, something was lifted. Um, God lifted a really heavy burden and I believe it was, it was that time of prayer, connecting to the Lord together mm-hmm. um, that helped lift that type of burden. Um, and then one of the other really powerful experiences for me is in some of my close relationships, even just talking on the phone and a friend talking and unburdening and just being able to say, um, can I pray? Can we pray about this right now over the phone? Mm-hmm. I've done that with my mom. I've done that with um, close friends. And um, the first time I did it with my mom, she started crying because she had never had anyone just pray for her on the spot before and bring it before the Lord and connect her to um, the source of healing. Mm-hmm. Oh, so that's wonderful. Thank you. Um, how have you been blessed by others praying for you? Um, man, I think it's just the biggest blessing when people are willing to go out of their comfort zone or recognize that you have an, a need and are willing to put themselves out there and pray. Um, so there have been times with Chris and I, when we've been in transition in our, in our lives, which we've had a lot of transition where people have come around us and say, can we pray for you? Mm-hmm. Um, or I, um, ha- have a really close friend who has gone through a lot of challenges in the past couple of years, um, with a, a, a child dying and her other child having leukemia. And, um, a few months, it was just a few months after her, um, three month old had, um, had died and she was just happy to be hearing about normal everyday problems and everyday life of mine instead of thinking about her stuff and I was um, kind of laying sharing a burden with her and she just said I just want to pray for you right now can I pray for you right now and um, her being able to bless me by connecting me to to God and being Mm -hmm. that it's, it's just such a blessing to, mm-hmm. to have people who are willing to put themselves out there mm-hmm. um, to pray on the spot. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Any final thoughts you have for us? Yeah, I guess uh, allowing yourself to be prayed for can be a real blessing for people that maybe haven't had that experience of praying for you. um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, be willing to put yourself out there, I guess. Uh, It's just amazing what God will do for your own heart, for Mm -hmm. your own heart in that, and how he shows up. Um, Different people have told me after prayer that just the palpable presence of God that they felt, um, not just people will feel that and experience that when they're being lifted up by um, by others and, you know, personal prayers and stuff like that. Um, But being on the spot, people um, really experience um, God's power and God's presence. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's just worth overcoming fear. Yeah, that's great. Well, I would like to pray for you real, real quick. Is there anything I can pray for you? Well, I can always use um, prayer for wisdom and patience and parenting. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you would pray for that, that'd be fabulous. Sure. So we're going to pray for Kelly right now. And Kelly, is it okay if I place a hand on your shoulder? Okay. And if you all feel comfortable, you can extend a hand as I pray for her. Um, And we're going to pray for her right now. So Heavenly Father, I give you thanks for Kelly. Um, I thank you for her family, for the marriage that she has with Chris, and for the wonderful blessing she has with her three boys. And I just pray that you would impart wisdom to her. Would you speak the truth and love and grace that you have for her to her right now? And that as she is parenting, you would instill those into her to reach to her kids and do that as well. And I pray that you would give her patience, Lord. We know how hard it is when we're feeling overwhelmed. And so I pray that in those moments when she is feeling worried, that you would come to her and meet her. And so we thank you, God for who you are and how you love Kelly. And it's your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Kelly. Can we all thank Kelly for coming forward? Thank you. All right. So my final closing thought is that praying for people is not, sim- not about us doing something right. It's all about bringing people into the presence of God, being open to what God is doing, and simply partnering with him in his kingdom. Amen.